Good morning, friends. Hopefully the weather this day is as good as they were predicting it to be a few days ago when I recorded this message. A question that may be on the minds of many of us at River Tree, as well as on the minds of folks throughout the world these days is, how can I have peace in the midst of so much turmoil in my life and in the world? Some may express that concern in different words like, I've had it up to here and I can't go any further. Or, I don't know if I can make it to tomorrow. Or, how can I keep on going with what has happened to me? I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Is there any weightier question related to our daily coping in the world than this? It seems to be a question about losing hope and not knowing where to turn in our darkest hours. This morning, let's talk about how we can respond when we find ourselves in such challenging conditions. A couple of weeks ago, Jill and I and our dog Aslan were able to spend two weeks in Colorado up in the Rocky Mountains. We'd been looking forward to just getting away from it all for a little while, surrounded by the beauty of those mountains. It's almost heavenly up there, surrounded by the majesty of those peaks. However, Upon arriving at our house, we soon found ourselves threatened by what quickly became one of the worst forest fires in Colorado's history. It didn't seem very noteworthy at first when we heard of a small fire on the other side of the mountain from us. However, the winds approaching gale force and the prevalent drought conditions combined into a powder keg and that that night exploded into a massive fire eventually covering 200,000 acres, the southern border of which was about 15 miles from our house. Towns to the north of us were evacuated and the roads soon clogged with their residents, fleeing with all they could carry from their houses. Then we received a pre-evacuation notice stating that we should gather those items we would want to save in the event that we were told on a moment's notice to leave the mountain for our own safety. We packed family photos and keepsakes in the car in preparation for a quick escape. We could see the billowing smoke in the distance. It looked like the end of the world was marching towards us. The front line of the fire stretched for miles and miles. Nearly a thousand firefighters were doing their best to halt this racing inferno. I literally asked myself, is this what Armageddon will look like? A cloud of doom seemed to hover over us. We were worried, even scared a little, and our minds were muddled as we searched for guidance and wisdom for what to do. We were overwhelmed and distraught at the prospect of the fire reaching our house. Being in the world, each of us face firestorms, firestorms in one form or another every day. These days, many of us are focused on the coronavirus and how it has affected our friends and family. The fallout from the virus for some has been job loss or unstable income. Some families are cracking at the seams from having to realign their daily lives around educating children at home and working from home themselves. The new pressures from working and staying at home have pushed some toward depression and even breakups of the family. Many of us are asking, will this plague ever be under control? 
Will it ever leave us? It reminds me of what Job said in the midst of his life-shattering tragedies when he had lost his children, his possessions, and his health. He said, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Can anyone identify with that? Our situation seems beyond what we can withstand. How can we manage? How can we find peace in the midst of such mind-numbing storms? Our lives are not the first to be challenged with turmoil and overshadowed by events that seem bent on inflicting us with pain and strategy. In the Bible, we see example after example of those who faced mounting crises. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and falsely accused of improprieties by his Egyptian master's wife, which landed him in prison for two years. He was innocent. David was hunted by a jealous King Saul, who chased him into the wilderness, intent upon killing him. Daniel, though a trusted servant of King Nebuchadnezzar, through the trickery of others was thrown into the lion's den with no foreseeable escape. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were shoved into a fiery furnace, heated ten times hotter than normal, to make sure their ashes would be all that remained of them, unless they bowed down to the king and refuted their belief and faith in God. Elijah was one man against 400 priests of Baal in a front confrontation to show whose God was real and whose God was not. Mary was confronted by the angel Gabriel and told she was going to have a baby, even though she was not married, and therefore could be subject to stoning to death for such a violation. The disciple Stephen, an accused heretic for speaking of Jesus, was swarmed by those ready to stone him. Paul was stoned, beaten, shipwrecked, bitten by a venomous snake, and falsely imprisoned for telling of the Messiah that was revealed to him. Jesus was falsely accused of heresy, abandoned by his friends, and unjustly tried in front of the Jewish council and Roman governor. Our plight may be, different, may be of a different sort than these familiar biblical folks, but we share the same dilemma. We face crises that will not seem to pass and don't know how to get through to the other side of them. We find ourselves overwhelmed by our circumstances, unable to move for fear of what bad thing is going to happen next, unable to even think about the next moment or the next day, let alone physically go out of the house to engage the world. Is it possible to be at peace in the midst of chaos and calamity? The uncertainty in our world today seems to obscure what is real and steadfast, as confusion seems to overcome us to the point of losing trust in our God. But there is good news. Even in the midst of calamity and tragedy, God has a plan for our lives to guide our steps and bless us. As Paul speak to a, speaks to us from his Roman jail cell so many centuries ago, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
Really? Can we take this to heart when we are in the crucible? When the temperature and the pressure are turned up to an extreme? Our very limited view of the moment does not inform us well. It does not tell the whole story. God's view of eternity past, present, and future reveals the good news that will come out of the, even out of the ashes of the fires we face. His love for us is never ending. And he walks with us. Even when we are too callous to sense his presence. Joseph could not know that he would be released from prison and become second in power to Pharaoh, ultimately saving that nation and his family from the vast famine that struck that part of the world. But he trusted in God. David could not foresee that after his life on the run from King Saul, he himself would become king of Israel, a man after God's own heart because he walked with God and God with him, even in the midst of his storms. Daniel could not know whether he would survive a night in the dark den filled with lions, but he emerged unscathed the next morning because his faith was unshaken. He was eventually able to help lead King Nebuchadnezzar to a recognition of the one true God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not foresee whether the Lord planned for them to survive that fiery furnace. But at peace with God, whether they perished or not, they emerged from the furnace without even a trace of smoke on their clothes. And their faith has been a witness throughout the ages. Elijah against an army of priests of Baal, leaning upon God who strengthened those who trust in him, showed the people that there is but one God, and he is a jealous God. Mary, after recovering from the remarkable, unbelievable news of her soon-to-be immaculate conception, was assured to fear not, for she is blessed by God, and became the mother of the Savior of the world. Stephen, as he breathed his last from the last stone cast, from the crowd of unbelievers was at peace, seeing Christ himself sitting at the right hand of God. Paul, from within the prison walls within which he was unjustly chained, celebrated and sang praise and was content in knowing the Lord was watching over him and ultimately journeyed to Rome to give his final defense of the faith. Jesus, as God made man, saw his mission through to death on the cross and risen three days later, now sits at the right hand of the Almighty, offering life everlasting to those who would believe. How can we hear this good news and remember it when we find ourselves in hard times? The peace we yearn for in the midst of calamitous whirlwinds can only be found in one source. C.S. Lewis wrote, God who foresaw our tribulation has specially armed you to go through it, not without pain, but without stain. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself.
because it is not there. There is no such thing. And so God walks with us through our crises, grieving as we grieve, alongside us, there to lean into and rest upon. Back in Colorado, <clears throat> as the fires raced towards us, the thought that was looping through my head was, God is in charge here. He wills what he wills. His plan will be revealed in his time. It wasn't a long prayer, more an acknowledgement of who God is and where I am in that picture. The next night and the morning after that, the winds died down and a foot of snow fell upon the smoldering mountains. The combination of minimal wind and the moisture from the snow gave the firefighters some time to make good progress in controlling the fire. A few days later, the pre-evacuation alert was lifted from our area and we unboxed those personal items we had stowed in the car in preparation for bugging out. We soon returned to a normal, a more normal daily schedule. Our anxiousness subsided, but the image of God still being in charge of all that was and that will be continued to roll through my mind and still does. But others on those mountains were not as fortunate as we were. The blaze consumed nearly 300 homes, burned to the ground. What of the plight of those who lost everything? Homes, possessions, family memories. Their grief and anguish is very real and very deep. This may, be, this may be a time that they allow the Lord to comfort them and follow his lead in the new direction he has planned for them. There is hope and new life in him. A week or so later, we were back home in St. Louis. Our dog Aslan jumped up on the bed early one morning. It was, it was still dark. He lay his head on mine and gave a long, sustained sigh and went back to sleep. He was at peace in the presence of those he knew loved him. Similarly, God invites us to crawl up into his arms with our broken hearts and our broken lives. Sometimes with sobbing that seems to never end. And he wipes away every tear and warmly and fatherly wraps his arms around us and lets us settle into a serenity that passes all understanding. Saying, all will be well. By giving his one and only son, Jesus Christ, as full payment for all the sins we inflict upon ourselves and others, he has made a way for us to return to his holy arms as his precious children, whom he so everlastingly Psalm 23 
seems to capture that moment when we fall into the arms of God and he holds us in the midst of our storms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me besides still waters. He restoreth my soul. He guideth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And he always is. I leave you this morning with the few verses that tell the good news better than me. They are words of peace. From God's true book, the Bible. From John, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. From Deuteronomy. The Lord himself goes before you and be, will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. From John again. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And for Romans, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. There are many more words of peace and assurance in the Bible that you can find for yourself. And they can sustain you and keep your hope alive even when you are overwhelmed. Maybe that's what you're called to do today. Maybe during this Sabbath day, you might take a few minutes to find a way to crawl up into your father's lap and rest. There is a light at the end of the tunnel of your troubles. He is God. His peace be with you.